an insight is when something, um, a piece of information enters your psyche yeah. and you're in such a state of mind and a receptive state where that information changes the operating models of reality that through which you experience the world, mm -hmm. right? Hi, welcome to the I Lost My Topic podcast, where we discuss trends in technology, life lessons, and any other random topic that comes up. To learn more or to get in touch, go to michaelclue.com slash lostmytopic. And what that feels like is there's an intuitive shift in your understanding. Okay. It's not a frame. It's not a perspective. When, when you hear something new? Well, this is what insight is. <laughs> okay. It's like, it's not just a new frame. Mm -hmm. It's not something temporary. It's a permanent intuitive shift right. in your model of reality. Mm -hmm. um, meaning there, there's, you no longer ever have to think about it again. It's just there. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say like people, you tell people insight and they try to philosophize it. Yeah. I mean, really two things. First of all, they're not, it's not hitting them on a deep enough level. Even if they are receptive to it, mm -hmm. they'll just think about it intellectually and it's not changing anything. At best, mm -hmm. it'll become just a frame of reference that they temporarily use mm -hmm. and then forget about like an hour later. Um, at worst, they'll actively resist it and <laughs> argue with it. Yeah. And, and they'll try to find reasons it's true or they'll try to find little edge cases. Um, but that doesn't work. And the reason that doesn't work is because they don't really know what it is. Yeah, so why is there a resistance to insight then? Is it because when when someone shares that insight with them, they don't feel it? And then, but why would there be, if they don't feel it, why would they start to resist it? Or why would they push back against it? Don't, don't people want insight? And, and to like transcend whatever paradigm they're in? For instance, they're in pain right now, right? Or they, they feel a lack of abundance. Wouldn't they want some insight to, to show them that that pain doesn't mean anything? That depends on the degree of pain. Some yeah. people are in so much pain, they actually are willing to change. Right. The people, I mean, there are people who do change, there are people who do transcend, mm -hmm. and those people who do transcend, they transcend because of the willingness they get from the pain. But most people have not suffered that much and they're not willing to experience that much <coughs> pain, and, they're not, and therefore they're not receptive to the new ideas. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that before, and usually I hear it as like, life is, is comfortable. And mm -hmm. because life is comfortable, you don't want to leave it. But it, it just doesn't really make sense to me on some level. Like, it's comfortable, but I guess, like, couldn't you perceive a reality where it's not just comfortable, it's great? And then uh, why wouldn't you want to move towards that? So... Yeah, that's the case. Like, obviously, like a, a lot of people want to get their lives to be better, especially mm -hmm. people in the self improvement. People yeah. that are in self improvement, they want to improve. They want to get better, and I was there too. Yeah. But you want to get better in a way you expect. But usually, yeah, sure. Getting to the next level, mm -hmm. it doesn't involve getting better in the context of your current paradigm. It right. involves switching paradigms. Um, now, and sometimes the reason people don't transcend to a higher paradigm is not because of resistance. It's just out of ignorance. Like you literally mm. don't know what it is. Yeah. And we're we're actually all in that boat, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you knew what the the higher paradigm was, you would just go there. Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. Right. But back to your original point. Another reason <laughs> people um, they don't accept an insight. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of because they can't. Like, we all have 
words we use to describe our experience and even mm -hmm. the same word uh it's something about a symbol and that same word that same symbol mm -hmm. it has slightly different uh implications and connotations yeah it's something but um an anchor you could say mm -hmm. uh, and words form anchors to experiences and we've all different experiences so i could actually explain a very profound insight that mm -hmm. would like allow someone to experience an altered state of consciousness yeah but maybe that only works for me because I have certain experiential anchors to mm -hmm. those words. Yeah. And, and those anchors don't quite lead to the <clears throat> same place for this person. That makes so, sense. So that's another reason you can't quite directly tell someone insight. You mm -hmm. can kind of lead them there. Mm -hmm. Do you think that a lot of these things sound like when you said anchors, I thought of like emotional anchors. Mm -hmm. Do you think you need to experience certain emotions with certain experiences in, in order to really cement that? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, maybe at the beginner level, beginning levels, right? You mm -hmm. need emotions to cement uh, insights or realizations. So pain is one that you mentioned, and then maybe like intense joy or something. But ideally, like eventually you move away from having to have emotions to anchor experiences, right? Hmm. <laughs> well, I want to say yes, but in my experience, it's not really the case. Yeah. You. In my experience, I'm not saying these are only two ways, but I've had insight through having very deep shamatha, mm -hmm. meaning like a very focused mind. Mm -hmm. I've also had insight through intense emotionality. It's mm -hmm. like when you experience negative emotion, when you experience deep suffering, mm -hmm. your brain goes into the searching mode where it wants to find what's causing the suffering to get out of it. Yeah. You enter, a, um, because of the neg negative emotions, you enter like, a highly receptive state of mind mm -hmm. and sometimes that's a legitimate carrier way for yeah. insight um, when I hit stream entry it was because I was experiencing such intense negative emotions mm. uh, it was also coupled with the fact that I had a regular meditation practice I was in stage 6 mm -hmm. TMI uh, I was practicing shamatha daily entering yeah. that state da uh, daily mm -hmm. but during my entry uh, into stream entry, uh, it was catalyzed by very uh, deep suffering. How would you describe, or I guess, because you've been doing this at work sometimes, uh, you kind of tell people about the TMI framework. Mm -hmm. What does that usually look like? Like, how do you provide that insight, that meditation, and specifically like a framework around meditation is helpful? Because like maybe the benefits that you think come from meditation, other people don't identify with. For example, you say like, oh, it'll make you more mindful and it'll allow you to transcend uh, your pain bodies or something mm -hmm. like that. And then people will be like, I don't, I don't know what that means or like, that's not even a desire that I have right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I've actually never said that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even describe it like that to myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I see your question. Um, yeah. I am highly attuned at this point. Mm -hmm to like where someone's at yeah and so like there's this one person at work mm -hmm. where i could see that they're very logical mm -hmm. they're extremely reasonable person which is awesome that's a virtue yeah and you said generous person no not generous oh. he's actually yeah he's generous. <laughs> i don't think he's that generous but okay. but no he's reasonable he's rational uh, okay. he's a rational person mm. and when i i explained tmi to him yeah. i explained it from like a very neurological standpoint sure i explained meditation from the standpoint of creating certain like feedback loops and mm -hmm. how by creating these neurological feedback loops you're essentially biohacking mm -hmm. your, um right your 
your physiology and your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, experience what's possible through that. Yeah. He got into it. He bought a fucking Zafu. Yeah. He bought the book. <laughs> he bought the audio book. He meditates every day. Awesome. <laughs> Damn. Um, there's this woman at work. Yeah. I explained it much differently. Mm-hmm. I talked to her. I can kind of get a vibe for like where she has pain in her life, and I mm-hmm. kind of relate to her in a different way. Interesting. So it's really about being attuned to where other people are at. Ironically, I only have that level of social acuity because mm-hmm. of meditation. Yeah. It's like you're really able to like be truly empathetic and mm-hmm. really like see where they're coming from and relate to that. What do you think are the most common like paradigms that people are in prior to, I don't know, transcending them? Like if, if you were going to pick a cross section of, yeah, are there, are there like frequent themes? So like rationalization or logical is one. Maybe like another one is... Uh, like that woman we used to know who who was like really financially successful, but she couldn't I, I forget what you said. Do you remember at the accountability group? Yeah, I remember yeah. her. Yeah, I don't like what are most people's blocks. Yeah, you know, I don't think you really generalize um, people like that because I Think it's very easy to say like oh well what are most people's blocks? Mm-hmm. The truth is like quote-unquote most people mm-hmm. are like, I don't know what the fucking number is, like between six and eight billion people. Right. It's like people are so radically different mm-hmm. in their value systems, beliefs, uh, state of mind. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can really generalize like that. Maybe you could generalize like in a city like Manhattan, mm-hmm. but just overall. But you, you have to, well, you don't have to, but if you're going to produce like some uh, body of help like TMI or you know Eckhart Tolle then you need to find something right or maybe Eckhart Tolle didn't do it well because he was too uh, prescriptive rather mm-hmm. than or is it descriptive mm-hmm. so if, if you're gonna produce something that helps people and raises the total consciousness I guess the most effective way would be to approach each one individually and see where they're at I would if I was going to do that produce like a book or something yeah I'd really really hone in and target a certain audience Okay. And I'd create um, material for that audience, mm-hmm. and I would even preface it with who I'm targeting. Like, yeah, and I, I would very carefully define the context. I'd give radically different prescriptions mm-hmm. to different archetypes of people to get to the same place. Mm-hmm. If someone is kind of like guilty, not even really guilty, but it's like, like subtly guilty, yeah. um, I'm gonna give them radically different prescriptions mm-hmm. than I'm gonna give someone who's like more prideful. Yeah. What about, so one thing that really bothers me is like greed. Not personally, I, I'm okay with greed, but I feel like it's a, it's like very symptomatic of like the world or the country that we live in right now. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it also affects people's lives in a pretty tangible way. It's like. A lot of people's suffering is coming from not having enough money, but they don't have enough money because they're spending too much because they're too greedy. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, like corporations are also creating worse and worse products or like everyone's trying to make more money, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know if greed is the right way to call it. it. It almost feels like everyone has like an outsized idea of how much impact they should have personally. Mm-hmm. It's like ego, but it's like extrapolated out to uh, like tech companies, for instance, like. Facebook thinks that it should have a really outsized uh, outcome on everyone's life, mm-hmm. right? It, it feels like it should be the portal for you for all your social media needs. But then like another company comes out and they want to do the exact same thing and everyone wants to have like that really large impact. What, what would you call that? And like clearly that's like leading to suffering for people, right? Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of different angles like to really hit that subject with. Okay. Um, right. For for any one problem, there's multiple levels of abstraction mm -hmm. to kind of target that problem and like get precision on it. Uh, how I would approach that problem, mm -hmm. I would say that and this is maybe abstract mm -hmm. to some listeners. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I would say that. In mainstream consciousness, mm -hmm. many people are living through an image. Now, sometimes it's this is extremely obvious. It takes obvious forms. Like people mm -hmm. are always on fucking Instagram. Yeah. Uh, they're like swapping through like literal images. Mm -hmm. But even if you're not on Instagram, even if you're not using the internet, you're still living through images. You have a, a self-concept. Mm -hmm. You have ideas about yourself. Like when people refer to I, they're not saying I and referring to literally themselves in physical reality, which is the only place you could ever fucking be. Mm -hmm. um, they're referring to an idea of themselves, some abstract idea that exists in time or something. Yeah. Um, they're referring to literally a, a concept, literally an idea, an image. Mm -hmm. And when you live through an image and you don't live through reality, the only way you can feel fulfilled is by adding more ideas to the current idea you have of yourself. Like yeah. there's some ideas you perceive as good and some you judge as bad. Yeah. And you're like, okay, if I'm an idea, mm -hmm. I can add the good ideas yeah. and try to like push back the bad ideas yeah. and I'm more, yeah. um, I'm fulfilled, I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. Likewise, you could do that with images. Yeah. Um, you see yourself as an image, as a concept. Right. Uh, you try to make that image look as good as possible. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's all these companies are doing. What yeah. you see on in a person's life uh, in the life of an individual, yeah. that same pattern of image enhancement is mm -hmm. really happening on like a multinational level right. through these big corporations. It's like the corporation mm -hmm. is really but um, an accumulated image. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty potent. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's like image is a perpetuating cycle that never really ends because once you bought into that paradigm, there's no end to it. You just keep trying to improve the image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that kind of ceases when you hit stream entry, when, yeah. you, when you hit enlightenment. Yeah. Enlightenment is nothing more but the stopping of believing in these conceptualizations and images as reality. You begin to see reality more as it is. Like when I say as it is, I mean literally physical reality. Some people will put it as like, oh, you're in the here and now. That's an aspect of physical reality. But I'd yeah. rather just say physical reality. Like you experience physical reality for physical reality. You're not bought in all these fucking images and concepts. Right. You don't believe in that stuff. Um, furthermore, um, hold on, let me take a quick break. All right, good to go. Yep, so f furthermore, the only way to truly be free mm -hmm. of the images permanently, mm -hmm. um, the cycle, of images, the reaction to other images that you don't like and chasing yeah. the images that you do like. Yeah. In Buddhism, this is called uh, samsara. Mm -hmm. uh, some traditional Buddhists would throw a fifth to hear the way I was describing it. <laughs> ah, that's, that's not what it is. That's what it is. That's okay. what it is. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah it's like there's that, that cycle. Uh -huh. um, the only real end is nirvana because mm. nirvana is a state where The paradigm of images is no longer there. There's mm -hmm. there's certain presuppositions, mm -hmm. uh, assumptions, underlying operating models of reality yeah. that collapse in nirvana, mm -hmm. and it makes living through those images utterly impossible and meaningless. So how did we get here then to this attachment of images? Because like if they already figured all this out in Buddhism, 
then how did we regress and like go backwards? It's, maybe that's like a sociological question. Do, do you see anything like around us right now that, that may have contributed? To the contrary, I would say that we've progressed quite a long way. Oh yeah. Um, I think that it's not so much that images are bad and mm -hmm. not having images is good. Okay. There's a huge spectrum in regards to the state of mind, the state of consciousness and awareness mm -hmm. of a culture. Being completely free of images requires a more expanded um, awareness and insight. Mm -hmm. And although as a society we haven't reached that yet, mm -hmm. as time progressed, humanity overall, the level of uh, consciousness has been increasing. But didn't you say earlier that like people were saying that if we don't like start spreading enlightenment that the civilization is going to self-destruct? Yeah. I that, guess that's through like more tools or something. So that's more of a comment of the structural integrity of our world. It's going to collapse. Not necessarily because <laughs> we're all going to nuke each other, although who knows, that could happen. <laughs> but, but it's like our environment simply cannot take the pace of of consumption. We're consuming things right. as humans at like, oh, okay. an insane pace. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't destroy us, then something else will. Um, but I will say this. Yeah. Things are getting worse at a faster pace. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, things are getting better at a faster pace. Yeah. Everything's accelerating. Cool. People are becoming enlightened uh, now where like even 20 years ago in all time before mm -hmm. it'd be impossible i would actually say in the past five years more people are becoming enlightened yep. than it was ever possible right. and the types of personalities that are becoming enlightened <laughs> uh could have never happened <laughs> except for in the past five years yeah so the progression of insight mm -hmm. and um improvement in terms of how people are improving themselves how people are transcending and transforming yeah uh it's never been seen before. Yeah. Simultaneously, the, there's a lot of ignorance, and that ignorance is causing more damage than ever before yeah, right. on each other and the planet mm -hmm. uh, because of the increase in technology. So yeah. everything's accelerating, and there's going to be a final culmination, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The singularity. Well, I wasn't suggesting that, but have I mean... You, have you heard of that? I, what is that again? I just pulled it out of my head. It's people merging... Uh, the minds of humans merging with the uh, <coughs> cognitive prowess of machines. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what like the impact of like certain technologies is going to be on our consciousness as a society. Things like VR, for example. Mm -hmm. you know, I used to read a lot of books, <coughs> like science fiction books about VR. And it was almost always like a negative thing. Like mm -hmm. they would build these like VR worlds and then get so immersed in them and then lose track of each other. And, and I don't know. It's hard to say. I yeah. think that the reason you read about robots and it's negative or you read about VR and it's negative mm -hmm. is because if when you're making a story, there needs to be conflict. If you read a story and it's nothing but positive things, like it's yeah. not a story. That's true. Right? The yeah. whole basis of like capturing attention is like balancing people's psyche between the polarities of negative and positive. It's like, it starts off good, then it gets bad, then it gets good again, and like, the hero wins. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, I think one reason, like, people's perception is so fucking skewed, there's so much ignorance in the world, mm -hmm. is because literally people's reality is based on 
movies, comic books, like the media they take in, and all these things are designed purely as entertainment, and yeah. therefore they're like not at all a reflection of reality. Mm -hmm. Someone can even watch a movie and they're like, okay, I know this is a fiction, right. but those images, since like you know, like I said, like our entire reality is essentially conceptualized in one big image. Yeah. Um, in mainstream consciousness, mm -hmm. they can say they're not affected, but they are affected. Yeah. Even if you don't think you are, you are. Hmm. Uh, and, and so am I. Like we're right. humans. Yeah. Like it's t like movies and these different forms of entertainment are tapping mm -hmm. into very primordial ways yeah. that our brain functions. Yeah. And um, it's creating delusion, whether mm -hmm. we realize it or not. Yeah. yeah. I'm not above that. Wow. That's pretty. It's pretty potent. Yeah. Yeah, that's an example of like where distribution leads to something bad because. Uh, it's too easy to distribute movies and media, so mm -hmm. we'll just keep consuming them right yeah. at a quicker and quicker pace too. Mm -hmm. Like it used to be, maybe you'd watch a show over the span of a year and you'd like wait for the next season. Mm -hmm. But now because like there's, it's the means of production are so easy. Like you could watch, you could binge watch shows for the rest of your life. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. I guess that's a that's a good stopping point. All right. Cool. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Thanks, man.